what I'm about to say. Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. Here on All Things Macabre, we discuss all the things under the topic of odd, weird, true crime, supernatural, and fiction. This podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners, so listener discretion is advised. If you find a topic we are discussing interesting, we encourage you to do some research on your own. You never know what you may learn. We are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. And hoping that you'll enjoy and laugh along with us. Through some stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, What the fuck? And now, for the fun part. So, how are things going with you, Courtney? I mean, this week... So far, so good. I am taking a nice long break from work for this week, and I'm devoting it to my other job, aka the podcast, (laughs) to do research and kind of be more prepared since throughout the week I am busy. Busy is an understatement. I understand that. I get worn the fuck out all day. So we're trying to double up and do some fun things, but I mean, speaking of fun things, which I know you have a podcast that you're going to shout out here in just a minute. I am. But on Friday, which was, you know, right now today is Tuesday, right? Yeah. So we're, we're recording early. On Friday of this week, I get to go to see, and that's why we drink. One of you, your favorite podcasts. One of my favorites, and I am so excited. That's what, number two under Morbid? Yes, yes. Shout out to Morbid 2. <laughs> we love you. I love you. I have heard about you so much from her. <laughs> but That's yeah, the reason I listen. <laughs> I am so, 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 so excited. Are you doing anything fun? Um, no. No? No. I'm working overtime. That's about it. Hey, overtime is... Hey, gotta be able to fund the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that overtime might be nice. Tina was just making fun of my shirt because it looks like holding it to the light. Looks oh, like the universe. It. Yeah, I see the little There's holes. There's all kinds of little holes in it. <laughs> that's, that's why you don't ever see welders in good clothes. Well, we just had a whole fucking catastrophe. <laughs> I know y'all aren't going to hear everything that just happened. Oh my gosh. That was... <sighs> that was a lot. The sun came out. The sun. The sun. Tina's son, my son, came out. He's 14, almost 14. And he doesn't listen for shit. So we told him to stay in his room so we could record. And of course he has to come out. Not only does he have to come out, he has to let Courtney's red healer out. And all you hear is Nels scratching across the floor, excited as fuck. To tap, to tap, to tap, to tap, to tap. And then there goes our set. There goes the whole curtain. It just came down. I had had to just stop and redo all this. And when we say curtain, it's more like a blanket for it's it. It's a sheet. <laughs> it's not even a blanket for it. It's a fucking sheet. It's a blanket for it. You know, with sheets. It's a sheet for it. Anyways, I know I was saying something about that's why uh, welders don't wear nice clothes. Yes. But yeah, hopefully 
we can not only afford to get me shirts without a bunch of holes in it, but we can afford to have a place to lock our cats up so they don't make noise while we record. And jingle. And we will be able to get something other than sheets. Yay! Alright, so you mentioned something about me giving a shout out to a podcast. Yes. That podcast is Sip and Unwind. S-I-P-N-U-N-W-I-N-E. They're three wonderful ladies that will sit there and drink. Uh, while they drink, they will tell you what they are drinking. Kind of like a listener-involved experience. Absolutely. So you can drink along with them while they tell you a true crime story. Nice. You know, you might need a little drink for some of their stories. I'm actually doing a story today that they have covered that's uh, someone that I was listening to trying to get some more information. They did a pretty good job giving the information out. And I will say, and I'm only laughing just because of a outside pre-recorded conversation we had, um, it seems like drinking is a theme through today's um, it, case. It does, and I'm starting to realize more and more with the recording especially with animals and a kid in the house, it kind of makes you want to drink. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Big facts. However, you should absolutely listen to them. They tell a great true crime story, and then at the end of their segment, they have listeners that can ask for relationship or life advice. Nice. And they'll talk about it at the end. They'll talk a little bit about like mental health and all kinds of stuff. Okay. You get all kinds of good information from them. They have new episodes come out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. So give them a listen. I believe they're on every platform that we're on, and okay. they are also on YouTube. Nice. So they've they've gotten established about 60-something episodes. There's a lot to listen to. Okay. Well, we will be sure to link both of the podcasts that we had chatted out today. Three. More. Oh, sorry. Three. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, I am so, so sorry. Yes, the three. <laughs> sorry. I just committed a major cardinal sin right there. Um, we will give all of them a nice follow and, you know, shout out again in the link below in the description. If you guys are interested in either one of the podcasts that we mentioned, you go should check them give out. them a listen. They all have good stories. All right, Shelby. So let's go ahead and get into this um, drinking theme <laughs> story that you have well, for us today. Funny we talk about drinking because this this crazy one here, she's uh she seems to be a drinker. Seems. So, seems she seems to be a drinker. Now there is some stuff on YouTube. There's videos, there's the nine one one call, there's even a body cam of the day that her boyfriend was found dead. And so, speaking of this, before you, you know, kind of get into the details of who we're talking about and all the things, if I understand correctly, you are providing the listeners content of like the 911 call and everything is going to be I am I episode. am going to put in some of the 911 call. I'm going to put in some of the audio from the body cam and I'm also going to put in some of the audio from her interrogation. Nice. Okay. So, I hope you guys enjoy that because I went down a rabbit hole with this lady. She is insane. I know you've been talking to me about it for Weeks, I think it's safe to say. I think Tina first mentioned it to me two months ago. It's been a while, been a and while. I have I have watched hours and hours on her stuff. All right, well, I'm interesting for you to get into this. So, what is her name? Her name is Sarah Boone, and they call her the suitcase killer. However, I don't think she should be called the suitcase killer. I was going to say, I'm glad that you brought this up. There is a suitcase killer. Uh, exactly. A few of them, a actually. Few. 
I have a pet peeve about naming these killers, you know, like giving them like some fancy name so they can be like, you know, I am son of Sam and I am BTK and you know, yeah, they, they thing, get I names of power. Almost. Yes. And like the green river killer. And, um, I'm forgetting somebody right now. Night stalker. Night there we stalker. go. The night stalker. Prime example, you know, got this name and is like, I'm going to live by that. And that is me. And it's a whole new identity. It, it does. It kind of gives them this, villain age i don't like it i don't either so we're gonna dumb this down and i think you'll understand it whenever you start hearing her (laughs) shit we're gonna either call her the hide and seek killer or i'm just gonna call her uh, sarah cottonmouth boone (laughs) i'm just gonna refer to her as cottonmouth cottonmouth (laughs) look this lady is all about getting a drink and she doesn't ask these cops for alcohol. Don't think that she's craving that alcohol. No, she'll drink water out of a fucking faucet outside. A beverage of anything. To anything. Quench her thirst. Anything. So, Sarah Cottonmouth Boone was born February 13th, 1978. Fe- what would that make her, Courtney? So, I'm like, February, February. So, that makes her an Aquarius. And so, I will be honest, I don't really know much about an Aquarius. I've never really interacted with them that much. But according to my good old reliable source, Google, they like to be active in whatever they're involved in. Um, They come across as calm, can be sensitive, and enthusiastic. Which I will say, of course, I don't know what Sarah's whole Zodiac makeup is. So, I mean, but her primary, you know ruling of where constellation star zodiac sign whatever um she is related into the aquarius signs of course or you know she's a water sign well that made her 42 at the time of this incident and this all took place the night of february 23rd 2020 2020 so that's not very long ago two years ago two years ago and part of the reason that i'm wanting to do almost three years ago Part of the reason I'm wanting to do this is because she's actually got a trial coming up November 7th. Of this year? Of 2022. November 7th. So that's... So that's not very far away. That is next Monday. From the time that we were recording. From the time we were recording this, it is. Wow. Okay. Now, she had a boyfriend, George Torres Jr., and I have looked into it because it is spelled more like Jorge... However, I've listened to numerous interviews, and I've even listened to an interview from his younger brother, and I'm going to call him George, because everyone seems to call him George. George. So if that is wrong, I am very sorry, but I that's what I've heard. What's George's birthday? His birthday is October 10th of 1977. He's a Libra. He is a Libra. So... What does that say about him? Shout out to my Libras, by the way. <laughs> A.K.A. Mom and Callie. Um, but they are known to be aesthetically pleasing. You know, they like to come across as, you know, all around accomplished, if that makes sense. Um, they are known to be very charming and beautiful and very well balanced. Or at least they strive to have that balance. Hence why most of the time you see them like as a... Um, Weights? I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Like the scales? Scales, yes. Sorry if you can hear the plane that's flying above us right it's now. It's actually a helicopter. I live very close to a hospital. A helicopter? Yes, they life light sometimes. I'm sorry about that, guys. But I'm more sorry for the person that is unfortunately going above us. Yes, I'm sorry. 
And I actually fucked up. I think I got their birthdays backwards. Oh, okay. It's still kind of fitting. They're both kind of the same person. They're just extremely toxic for each other. Sarah Boone was born 10-10-77, and George Torres was born 2-13-78. I'm sorry about also, that. Also, she was the Libra. She was the Libra. He was the Aquarius. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, back to Libras. Libras, yes. Like I said, they strive to have well-balanced, you know, attributes all around, and they're really known to be just genuine and they are reliable if they like you or you know they at least attempt to go out and do whatever they can but they're peacemakers basically okay i mean again like i said i don't know their full zodiac makeup and chart so i can't really say this or this well that's why i like to get the generalization because i don't necessarily believe in that shit but (laughs) sometimes it's very fitting and it is fitting with sarah true so you know, I'm I'm not dogging it, but like you said, there's more that there's goes more into it. it. However, so this took place. I'm I'm gonna start actually from her ex-husband's point of view. Oh, spill the tea. This is gonna be very interesting. So she had this ex-husband, Brian Boone. They had a child together, Lucas. L U K A S. It's That's very cute. interesting spelling. Really I like it. Uh, he's only about nine at this time. He's in the third grade. Sarah's ex-husband had called her twice around 10.30 a.m. on February 24th with no answer. Then he called her again around 11.25, twice, with no answer. Again at 12.21, twice, with no answer. Why is he blowing up her phone? And why is it twice every time? She has a habit of drinking... And she will get drunk and just not feel like picking her son up. They had an arrangement. Oh. Uh, It was her turn to pick their son up from school. She was supposed to pick him up every Monday, Tuesday, and alternate Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from what I understand. Okay. Uh, This is all stuff that I pulled out of the interviews. Okay. So um, just some type of private custodial agreement or this, prior custodial this is agreement. Actually, yeah, this is from the courts, I believe, that this was agreed upon. He would often have to call her to see if she was going to get him. Like I said, she would be too tired from drinking the night before. Too tired. Too tired. Too tired to get your son. Um, no comment. Yeah, I mean, you, if you got a kid, you suck it up and do it. It's just part of it. Sometimes she would say that George wasn't in a good mood, or it's not a good day, and she would only get him about one or two days per week. So, the times that she's agreed to legally binding, supposed to be doing this, she does not do it, so therefore ex-husband... Ex-husband picks up the slack. He's a good dude taking care of his kid. Okay. Kudos to him. So, he, he called her again at 1249... And the call before that was 1221, so this I was gonna is not say, much really longer. That's really recent, yeah. So 1249, he calls her again, and she finally answers. And she's just freaking out, saying that George was dead, and asking if Brian would come over. What? Yeah. That's... So it, so from 1030 to 1249, 1245, what did you say? 1249? 1249. So like... Two, three hour ish time frame. You don't answer the phone, and then all of a sudden you decide to answer her frantically, be like, "My boyfriend's dead. Help! Can you come here and help me?" Yes. What? Yes. I mean, this is already not panning out very well. 
What? So, of course, he's like, uh, dude, you need to call the police. Yeah. And he started heading over there. He only lived about 10 minutes down the road. Okay. I mean, I still can't say that I necessarily support it, but I mean, in a, the, I, I guess in a freak moment like that, you just, you don't really know what to do, right? No. You know? No. And they had only been divorced for a year and a half at this point. Okay. So, I mean, it's still fairly new, and they had been, they had known each other for a very long time. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. I get, I understand that. Uh, so, I mean, he... He was a good dude doing the right thing. He was going to be there for his child's mom. Okay. So I respect it. She called him again five minutes later at 12.54 asking if he was coming and if he had left yet. So he, she's just rushing him. And, of course, he's like, you know, yes, I'm on my way, but you need to call the police. You need to call 911. Yeah. I was going to say that would be my first question before I even said yes or no. I would be like, well, did you call the cops? Exactly. That's the first thing you should do. If your boyfriend's dead, you at least try to get help just in case. PSA, if your boyfriend's dead, call the cops. <laughs> at, le- at least try to get some help. I mean, there is a chance that they could revive him. It seems like I don't. I mean, I'll let you continue and then I'll give my discussion. Well, my either opinion. way, this bitch is stupid. So, he got there and he went right into the entrance and told her to call the police again. She was shaking and trying to get something to drink, he said. And Here we go with the drinks. It, it's already starting. And finally, around 1 p.m., she got on the phone to call 911, and he headed to his car to wait until help arrived. And in the 911 call, you can actually hear at the point when he decides to walk out, and you can tell he's a little bit away. So I don't believe he went anywhere past the entrance, but... You hear her ask him not to leave. I just, it just stuns me that from the time frame that we've been given, this started at 1030 in the morning. Well, that's when he started calling, but she was not answering, so she might have been asleep. So, I mean, but still, that's the time frame that we were given regardless. But still, regardless, from 10 o'clock, 1030 in the morning to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we decide to finally, finally call Get the cops involved. Finally. And as he was walking out to go to the car, from what I understand between his statements and the 911 call, I have come up with, as he walked out, she grabbed a cigarette and started to walk out to the back porch. Um, apparently, that was during the time of the 911 call she was being transferred to the fire rescue. Okay. Because you, he says in part of one of his interviews that... She was on the phone for a short phone call, and then she was on the phone again. After that short phone call, she went out for a cigarette. So we're assuming that... So I'm thinking that it's during the transfer. Okay, that would make sense. So I'm going to play that 911 call, at least part of it, because it's like seven or eight minutes long. Okay. I'm not going to subject y'all to all that, but I'm going to play the good parts, and uh, I'm going to see what you think about it. Okay, let's hear it. What is the location of your emergency? 4748 France Court, apartment 3. 4748, what's the street name? France, F-R-A-N-T-D. And the apartment number? 3. Is this a police or medical? My boyfriend is dead. Okay, send the line for the fire department. Do not hang up. 
Right, Rich, go to location, Mercy. Desk 32, no, please don't leave. 4748, France Lane, apartment 3. France Court. France Court? Yes. Uh, my boyfriend and I were playing last night, and mm -hmm. I put him in his case when we were playing. And okay. Like kind of hide-and-seek kind of thing. So I fell asleep, and I woke up, and he was dead in the suitcase. So I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Okay, what's your apartment number? Three. Apartment three? Yes, like he has like blood coming out of his mouth, and I don't know if like he had like an aneurysm or what happened. Right, okay, all right, okay. Listen, we're getting help on there too. All right, okay. Okay, I. I now? Okay, 40, yeah, man, listen, we're on our way out there. You're at 407 716 Okay, is he hanging from somewhere or what, ma'am? No, I pulled him out of the suitcase. I tried giving him CPR. Okay. So he's, uh, he was in a suitcase? Yes, and I fell asleep. Okay. How old is the How old 42. is the boyfriend, ma'am? Forty-two-year-old man. All right. Okay. We're we're sending we're sending help out there. Sheriff's not standing way out there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen to me. Okay. That I just need I just need to confirm this. All right. I understand. I just need to confirm this. Is he is he awake at all? Is he conscious at all? No. Purple. Is he, right, is he breathing? No. All right. I need you to get I need you to get him on the floor flat on his back for I me, did. okay? I did, I did. I tried giving him CPR. All right. I tried giving him CPR. Yeah, okay. Well, 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 nothing happened. He's purple. Right. Okay, listen to me. There's a defibrillator, but I need you to get it for me, okay? What is it? Do you have an AED available? No. All right. Do you write by him now? I'm sorry? You Are you right by him now? Yes. Okay, okay, lay him flat on his Okay, ma'am, 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 ma ma listen. Uh, so, listen, is he cold and stiff? Yes. Okay. Well, he's okay. not necessarily cold, but he's stiff. And right, he's okay. All right, listen to me. I, listen, listen to me. I want you to lay him flat on his back for me on I the did. floor. I did. Removing the pillows, okay. Yes, I did. All right, okay. With, he's stiff and purple. Right, okay, listen. Okay, ma'am, that's fine. We're, we're still going to do compressions on him, okay? All right? Place the heel of your hand on his breastbone, right in the center of the chest, right between the nipples. Yes. Put your other hand on top of that hand. Betty, I'm telling you. Just by okay. looking at him, you can tell. Okay. Ah! Okay, he just gurgled. Okay, okay. L listen to me. All right, I want to play. I want you to place the heel of your hand. Okay, right between the right between his chest, right between his breastbones. Yes. Put your other hand. Put your other hand on top of that hand. Yes. We okay. want. We want to pump his chest to me hard and fast. Going to do this twice per second. I'm doing it again. Okay, no, no, just keep on pumping. That's all you need to do for me. Keep on pumping his chest for me. That's, I don't need you to stop and talk okay. or anything. I just want okay. you to count out loud for me, okay? This is... This is okay, ma'am, just keep on pumping his chest. That's all you need to do for me, okay? Yes. Come on, please. Hurry up. Okay, ma'am, ma'am, they're driving here as fast as they can. Okay, don't stop to say hurry up. Just keep on pumping and counting. I'm, I'm still doing it while I'm pumping you, okay? Okay. One, we were playing two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Keep on pumping for me, ma'am. I'm not doing it. I'm doing it. Believe me, I'm doing it, okay? We are playing okay. hide and seek. Okay. All right, I understand. 
car. Just keep on pumping for me, okay? Okay. Please hurry. This right, okay. Horrible. This is horrific. What happened? Like, what happened? Okay, ma'am, just keep on pumping the chest for me, okay? They're they're in they're they're in the parking lot. They should be up there shortly, okay? I'm still doing it, okay? Right, okay, good. And you found him in a suitcase, you said? Yes. We were playing hide and seek last night. I fell asleep. I think they're here. Right, just keep on pumping the chest until they take over, okay? I am, I am. Okay. first thing that happens is the 911 operator asks if she needs fire rescue or police, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of pauses for a second and she says, my boyfriend is dead. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I was hoping you were going to touch on that because if you wasn't, I was. Yes, absolutely. The very first fucking thing. Not help me or, you know, have this emergency or, I mean, of course, I will say grieving is different. Everybody reacts to situations differently. Absolutely. Some people close up and act like nothing's going on. But. But still, first thing should be, fuck, help me. Because we can't assume that he's dead. No, I mean, maybe there's a chance. Maybe. I mean, I understand. It's, you can look at him and probably tell, but she's you still want to try. Yeah, you want to try. So that's the first thing. And then... She tells them that they were playing hide-and-seek. Yeah, that's what she keeps, re- keeps repeating in the 911 call is, you know, me and him was playing hide-and-go-seek, and he just ended up in there, and then I went to sleep. Well, she admits that he got in there, but but still, yeah, he, she's just like, oh my god, we were playing hide-and-seek last night, and he got in the suitcase, and I fell asleep. Like, how... How in the fuck do you fall asleep with your boyfriend in the suitcase? Hey, honey, I'm going to go hide in the suitcase. And and tell me something. What 42-year-old couple is playing hide-and-seek where you help the other person hide and no one else is playing? True. I didn't think about that. I was going to say, like, I mean, don't be hating on couples and, you know... I yeah, I, I mean, know, hey, I, I mean, ain't saying I wouldn't play hide and seek, but I mean, but you do it make was, a point. It's like I'm not gonna play? say help me hide. Yeah, yeah, that kind of like she says later on that she hid in the shower and he didn't come look for her or something. Like, bitch, he probably said he wanted to play hide and seek so he could get you the fuck away from him. <laughs> like, 
I can't tell you how many times I've heard parents doing that to kids or whatever. I need a 30-minute break. Go play hide-and-go-seek. <laughs> yeah. So you are playing hide-and-seek. Maybe you thought it would be funny if you could get in the suitcase. And, oh, no, you can't fit in the suitcase. Yeah, I can. Let me try. Maybe that's one way he got in there. Maybe a way is... Maybe it was cracked open and he got in there and hid. And maybe she just ran over there and zipped it up or something. I, I don't know. That's something else I was curious about, like how he got trapped in it. I am very curious about that, and unfortunately, I don't think we will ever know the truth. That's really sad. But I know that she does claim that he got in the suitcase himself, and she zipped it up. Which, that would explain why he got stuck in it. Yes. Okay. Because I know the suitcase had been reported that it was broken, the zipper. Mm-hmm. So... I, there was some part in an interview that was, I think, confused, but I'm not sure. Something about having a paper clip as the zipper. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm not for sure on that. You should watch the entire interview. It's very entertaining. Entertaining um, or interesting? Both. Okay. Both. I did mean entertaining, though. <laughs> uh, I've watched it a few times. This lady. Oh, oh shit. And, and then my next thing is... A very important thing. I am not a professional. I have been trained in CPR, but that was many, many years ago. Uh, I have actually... The last time I was trained in CPR, you still did mouth-to-mouth. So, I'm a little behind. Yeah, you don't have to do that really anymore. I mean, if I, I'm sure it's... if It's up to your discretion, but since COVID, you don't really necessarily do the mouth-to-mouth anymore. I think anymore. they actually stopped it before that. I think they said that it, it wasn't effective. It was just the compressions that yes. did something. Here lately, uh, you know, because I just get certified every two years, so I don't know when they changed it. I, just I haven't know, been certified in like 20. I just know that they changed it. And I just remember it really being around COVID, but I, that's also due to the time that I just happened to have to get recertified. And like I said, we no longer did the mouth-to-mouth. It was all just based on compressions. So, say she did give him CPR. I know it is possible to cause someone to gurgle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that can happen more than once. I know that it it can happen within like a 48-hour period of death. I just don't know if it can happen more than once. I don't know if that's the final air leaving the body. Yeah, like the death rattle is what it's called, I yeah. think. Yeah. I'm not really sure on that. But, I mean, also you would think, possibly, hear me out, to do compressions, you have to put pressure behind it, a lot of pressure Absolutely. behind you, it. Absolutely. You're supposed to break ribs if you're doing it right. And so maybe she was doing it right, and she pressed air out of his lungs. It's possible. It's possible. So I don't, I don't know if that can happen multiple times or once, but regardless... She claims she had tried giving him CPR already. I don't know if that's caught very well on the 911 tape, but I've listened to it probably 50 times, and I'm pretty sure she says in the 911 tape, kind of quiet, kind of over-talk, that she tried giving him CPR. I think I did hear that. And then whenever she starts to give him CPR, whenever he instructs her to, he gurgles and she screams. Yes. Like she had never heard something like that before. So, if she gave him CPR before, would she not have known about that? Would she not have expected it a little bit? Uh, did it just surprise her again? I, I don't know. I don't know either. Again, as you said, we're not medical professionals. Absolutely not. So. Absolutely not. I don't know. I've never been in that situation, so. I, I haven't either, and I'm glad I haven't. I 
do kind of feel bad she went through this situation, but I do believe she brought this on herself. I believe she caused it. I believe. Uh, I, it's still up in the air. The trial hadn't started, so this is my thoughts. This is not necessarily factual shit. Yeah, just your opinion. Yeah. I don't feel like whenever she was counting, I, f- I don't feel like she was really doing anything. I think she was just more or less... I know you and I had talked about that and you had mentioned that you think that maybe she was just like walking around and peeping behind the curtain. Yeah, like, like I kind of feel blinds. like she was looking <laughs> out the windows, looking to see if her ex-husband was still there, looking to see if the ambulance has arrived yet or the I forgot EMTs. about the ex-husband. I forgot oh, about yeah. him. Because... Like I said, he walked out while she was going to get a cigarette as she was getting transferred to, on the call, I believe. And then you say that the, he saw her go out somewhere to get a cigarette? To the patio out back. And this is while she was supposed to be on the phone with yes. 911, supposedly giving him CPR, question mark? Yes. Now, I, like I said, I have listened to it many, many times. I have tried to listen for her hitting a cigarette or that breath coming out while she talks. You can usually tell if someone's talking after they hit a cigarette or while they're smoking. Yeah. Uh, I did not hear that personally. I wish I had better headphones so I could listen better. Mm -hmm. If you want to work on giving us headphones, we will be accepting donations anytime. (laughs) Um, (laughs) she also sounded kind of close to the phone, and that's another thing we talked about. She didn't really sound too echoey at first. Mm -hmm. Uh, she sounded like, like I said, you said, she was walking around, maybe looking around, not necessarily over George and giving him chest compressions. This is all hypothetical because we're not there. Hypothetical, of course. She also exclaims again, they were just playing hide and seek. What happened? She was very adamant that... They were just playing hide-and-seek, and she fell asleep. So innocent. I don't know what happened. I just like, went to sleep. Oh, fuck. Not, oh, fuck, my boyfriend's dead. Not, oh, fuck, he needs help. It's, oh, fuck, don't blame this on me, we is how I feel. Seek. They were just playing hide-and-go-seek, and she fell asleep. Again, how the fuck did she fall asleep? But okay, okay. <laughs> so the first thing I'm hearing with this 911 call originally, the first time I've ever heard about this case, I'm sitting here thinking, this bitch must be drunk the night before to fall asleep. I'm sure y'all are thinking the same thing, and we will get there with that. I think I said the same thing, too. Don't worry about that. We will touch that. Another thing that that really kind of bothered me, the first thing when the EMT arrived that she said was, can I stop pumping? Open was the first thing. I'm sorry. Open. Because she was letting them come in. And then she said, can I stop pumping? Are you fucking serious? It's not, come help my boyfriend. Oh my god, please come do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Nothing, but can I stop pumping? I I don't know what to say. Uh, the, I, I agree that it's very selfish because it's like, what, why? But again, I, I say like, I feel like I'm devil's advocate for a minute there. Only just to kind of say like, of course we haven't been, we, we're not there. Everybody reacts differently. But still, I do agree with you. It is a little suspicious just to ask automatically, can I be done now? Yeah, like, like she's annoyed with it almost. And she does sound very annoyed whenever she's talking to the the nine one one operator because I you can hear the attitude. Uh, yes, I mean, some yes. Of the, some of the questions he asked would probably annoy me in that situation too. 
I'd be like, no, I fucking told you he came out of a suitcase. How in the fuck would he be hanging from something? Like, I get it, but I also understand from a dispatcher's point of view, they have certain things they have to say. Yeah, because it's all about clarity. You have it to is. know. Look, when you are in that kind of state, you don't necessarily make sense. Yeah. So you have to be specific. So one of the things that makes the whole clarity thing extremely important or is she's clear on the 911 call that it's France court, F-R-A-N-T-Z court. However, every article that I have seen says France Lane. Of course. I went down a fucking rabbit hole. Like you do. Of course. So I found out that France court is in Winter Park, Florida. It's actually Goldenrod, Florida. It's a city near Orlando. And it's like right on the outskirts of Orlando. So it's not like a big 45-minute drive or anything. Okay. It's right on the outskirts of Orlando. It says on Google that it's the Vista at Winter Park. However, it's actually the Tillwood Park. I don't know if they're in the process of changing. I don't know if it's been changed. I'm not sure... The sign says Tillwood Park on the news. Okay. Uh, it's in the background. She says Tillwood Park on the 911 call. And I did do a lot of digging, and that is the only France court or France lane that I can find in that area. Okay. So, hell, I already found the apartments. Why not take a look at it? So I looked at the layout and kind of got a feel of where everything was in the video that she recorded of him in the suitcase. Mm -hmm. And kind of just a feel of her general layout. I assume it was the two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, because at one time, I believe she says something about letting her neighbors use her downstairs bathroom. Okay. I'm not for sure on that. But if it is that, it's only 958 square feet, which I know is a lot. But my first townhouse, and you remember my townhouse. Mm -hmm, I do. It was, uh, it was 1,049 square feet. Really? So this is, this is a little bit smaller. This is almost 100 square feet smaller. Yeah. The rent is $1,975 a month for that. Oh, my goodness. So that's nearly $2,000 for this place. That's going to be something very important to remember later. Okay. This place is expensive. Very. The ex-husband's there. Mm-hmm. Why is ex-husband there? Okay, yeah, she called him. But what obligation does he have other than they got a kid together, which... A lot of people don't see that as an obligation anymore. They just walk out. But hopefully that'll change again one day and we'll be better to our kids. Hashtag childhood trauma. (laughs) Uh, Brian had actually known Sarah for 20 years. They had been married for 12 to 13 years. And they had only divorced a year and a half ago. So they've been in each other's lives for a very, very very long long time. time. Longer than me and you have known each other. So... I mean, I don't care if we had a falling out. If if you called me and needed something, I'd be there. Yeah, for sure. I understand it. They actually had a decent relationship, which okay. I'll get into. A very interesting little tidbit is she had actually been with George for about three and a half years. What? So they had actually split before. Okay. It didn't really work out. They ended up deciding uh, they were going to try therapy. Okay. 
So he's he's putting it in, trying to do his best to make the relationship work. And she's out going to the bar and bringing random guys home. This would be during the weeknights, three or four o'clock in the morning. He ended up divorcing her, obviously, mainly for her drinking, because she would not only do that, but she would get violent and angry when she drank, and she would pass out from drinking. So, this would make sense if she put her boyfriend in the suitcase and passed out from drinking. Possibly, yes. Okay, keep that in mind. She really started having problems with alcohol after she had their son, Lucas. She He actually thinks that maybe she felt trapped having a child. He has in Brian. The he has in Brian. So, he thinks that she lost getting her ability to go out and be free and her do what she freedom. wanted. Yes, absolutely. So, keep that in mind, too. Maybe that's why she was trying to do something with George. You know, have something free. And now granted, he had, I believe, three kids, but they were not living with him. George? George did. Okay. But they were able to kind of do whatever they wanted. They didn't have any tie-downs except for Lucas, which she would shove off on Brian all the time. Now, we already know from Brian's account with Sarah that she had problems with alcohol. Now, her boyfriend, George, also seemed to have some problems. Okay. He had actually been arrested five or six times for domestic violence with just her. With just Sarah? With just Sarah. Five or six times. Five or six times. Within the three years, three to four years. Yeah. That they were together. Yeah, and uh, one time... Brian said that George had actually stuck a steak knife in Sarah's leg, in the back of her leg, like in her calf, I believe she pointed out in the interview. Ow. Yes. So, I mean, he wasn't innocent either. Don't get me wrong. Oil and water. That's gas and fire. Well. It's an awful mix. They are so toxic for each other. So one time, she actually got arrested. They were both drunk. They couldn't really figure out what to do. Uh, I think he had marks on him. I don't really remember it. It's a little bit fuzzy to me. I've seen so much shit on it right now. It's all blending It is. It is. But I know she got arrested once. Okay. Um, so regardless, though, both of them were known to be physically violent towards one another. Absolutely. And there, there had been seen marks by, I guess you could say family members. Brian had seen marks on Sarah, like black eyes and stuff, bruises, uh-huh. and George's family says that they also saw some marks on him. And the main key ingredient in all of this, though, is alcohol. It seems to be alcohol. So, basically, they just got drunk, and they would fight, and they called the cops, and then the next day, they would just be like, oh... I love you, whatever. Typical cycle of abuse, though. Absolutely. And she would just go bail him out or whatever, drop the charges, and that would be it. And then repeat the honeymoon phase, and then we go back through it all over again. Yes. So, again, this happened like five or six times. Which is normal. Normal, sorry. In these toxic relationships, yes. Sometimes she would get drunk at night, and she would call Brian. Okay. So, I mean, they've known each other 20 years. Aside from a relationship, you've got a strong friendship with them. Brian is her comfort person. Absolutely. So, anytime there's a problem, she would call Brian and complain about George or tell 
Brian to come pick up Lucas because her and George are fighting. The neighbors reported all kinds of trouble between them. Uh, George and Sarah fighting all the time. Loud. Uh, they would always blare music. And they were just kind of a nuisance. Brian said that Sarah would pretty much drink daily. That she loved vodka and wine, but mostly vodka. Ooh. Yeah, she's, she goes for the strong shit. I I can't do vodka anymore. Me either. It makes me sick every time. It can be a shot. That's all it takes. I'm I'm done. Same. I feel like queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So keep this in mind that Brian is already telling these officers that she likes to drink. Mm-hmm. And she drinks daily. Mm-hmm. And she has problems. Problems. Now, look, honestly, the first time I watched the body cam video, mm-hmm. first thing I said was, this bitch has to be on drugs. Okay. Well, that was actually addressed by Brian as well. He didn't think she was a drug person. He had known about one time that she had done cocaine about two years ago. It was something about being in a bar, some guy, whatever. But that is the only time that he knew of her ever doing anything with drugs. Okay. Her vice was alcohol. Alcohol. Okay. At one point in time, whenever she had George arrested, it actually violated his parole, I believe it was. I'm not sure if it was parole or probation, but I think it was parole. Do you know if there was a no contact order? I don't think it had anything to do with that. It was a totally different charge. For a totally different thing. Oh, okay. It was a totally different thing, but the fact that he had gotten, he had had contact with cops and gotten arrested mm-hmm. violated it. Okay. That's all it takes. Yes. So, he was in jail for a month. She could not bail him out for that. He had to serve that time. During that time, Brian said that she actually had Lucas quite a bit. Really? Yes. So, she was taking care of her son, spending time with him. That distraction was no longer there, though, so she put her energy somewhere else. Exactly. However, she doesn't have the capacity, I don't feel like, to be able to do that full time. For sure. It was like a once in a blue moon thing for her. I, I don't think George was necessarily the best thing to be around if it caused her to not spend time with her son. But you're also supposed to be strong enough to say, hey, my son comes first. Right. But addiction is hard. And that's multiple addictions. That's not just alcohol addiction. That's that's that codependency addiction. Yeah, addiction. Gotta have, gotta have that person. Yes. Brian had said that at that point, she hadn't worked for over two years. And George worked at Ace Hardware, off and on, for about 15 to 20 hours a week. Now, she goes on in her interview to say that George was actually very excited about his job. He loved his job. He took a lot of pride in it and what he did. Um, Nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. I take a lot of pride in my work. I love what I do. Absolutely. But that store was shutting down. Okay. That could have driven him in a downward spiral. This is also 2020, right? Uh, yes. This happened? Yes. So this is COVID COVID. times. And this is February 2020. So it happened, like, right before that. Early COVID. So this is very early COVID. Okay. So this was before, like, quarantine and all the things started happening. Yes. But I think around this time is when it was starting to be talked about. whenever it was starting to pick up. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, not only are we having this whole stressor just regarding life in general, but you're throwing in a global pandemic. Absolutely. On top of everything, and nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's freaking out. The world is completely shutting down. Everybody threatened and said that the world was coming to an end, because, I mean, believe you, believe it or not, you know, I'm sure you will admit it. Even you, too, was like, I have no idea what the hell's about to happen to me tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And so, I mean, that just adds to the stress. And then he's... I was stressed out during that time. Oh, for sure. Me too. And for... I mean, of course, understandably so, he's probably stressed out too because he seems to be the sole income because she's not working. So, you remember that apartment? Mm-hmm. The, or the townhouse? Almost $2,000. Almost $2,000 mm-hmm. townhouse? Mm-hmm. And she hasn't worked in two years. Brian's footing the bill with alimony. W- what? But not only that... She's got her boyfriend living with her, on and off, at that. Uh-huh. And she has the audacity to call Brian to borrow money all the time. She would call him and just say that her account was in the negative and he would fix it. Wow. So, Brian, we need to talk about boundaries. <laughs> And how important they are to maintain. But, you know, that's beside the point. But that's uh, the audacity, first of all. The audacity to be like, I have my live-in boyfriend with me, but I'm going to call my baby daddy and say, Baby daddy, my account's in the negative. Can you help me out? No. Oh, and shout out, Brian. You're, you're a good dude, man. We just need to learn boundaries, Brian. <laughs> you, you're worth more than this. Therapy segment. We're done now. So, you remember I told you that sometimes they would fight or she would get drunk and she would call Brian? Mm-hmm. The abuse cycle, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, she called him February 23rd at 1147, the night that this happened. Okay. Now, 1147, I'm going to break that down later on towards the end. Okay. But remember. 1147 p.m.? P.m. P.m. Brian claims that he was half asleep and she sounded drunk. And, I mean, that's nothing unusual. So, he just wanted to get her off the phone and go back to sleep. He doesn't know what was said. He, okay. Like I said, he couldn't understand her. He just wanted to go back to sleep. He was doing everything he could just to get her off the phone. It only lasted about two minutes. Okay. Short and sweet phone call, just an in and out of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll talk to you tomorrow, I'm going to sleep, bye. Yeah, yeah. Got uh, it. Yeah. So, now I want to play some body cam audio, because it kind of really tells the story for itself. And honestly, it's absolutely hilarious to watch her squirm. Is this the part where she talks, starts to ask, can she have a drink and do all the things? I want y'all to pay attention to how quickly... She asked for a drink. And then, I'm not going to be able to show you because it is in the video, but know that at some point, very shortly after actually, within 5 to 10 minutes I believe, she walks over to a bush and Tina had mentioned that it looked like she was getting water from like a spigot or something. Mm -hmm. I'll be damned, she was getting water from a spigot. She was so thirsty. Hence what we call her cotton this mouth. cotton mouth boon. Remember also, whenever she called Brian that morning, mm-hmm. she was talking about being thirsty. She oh, yeah, she was. Drink. Yeah, so that she needed something to drink. So the, this cotton mouth bitch, tell me she ain't been drinking. Cotton mouth bitch. Tell me she ain't been drinking. Like, why are you going to have cotton mouth so bad? You don't smoke weed. You don't do drugs. You don't have cotton mouth from some kind of pills. You've been drinking. A hangover will do it for you, let me tell you. You get dehydrated when you drink. Yes. 
So That's why I don't drink, because I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not big on drinking either. I, I will every now and then. It's definitely something that will make you thirsty and give you cotton mouth the next day. Mm-hmm. So check this out. Hello there. They need to sign that for sure. They're with me, so they're not Oh, they're not leaving? Okay. I think I will go around. No, no, no. Each of them has to, because this might be a real thing. So each of them has to put their name Normally in Normally we all just, I just put everybody. Yeah, you call Rich Um, what's going on? Sorry, I just got here, so fill me in. No problem. Wait, yeah, he and I are putting a puzzle together. We've been doing some artwork right together. There. You are putting a puzzle together? Yes, we have a puzzle that we started in there. Okay. We've been doing art, trying to take stuff off the wall to, to make new art put up there, like having a good time with one another, but we're drinking, we had a bottle of wine last night. Okay. Fine. So then it's like, we decided to play hide and seek, right? Okay. So he gets in the suitcase, okay? Who is this guy? That's my ex-husband, my former husband. How did he, he live here with you guys? No. I called him over here. Okay. Okay. I didn't know what to do. Okay. I didn't know what to do. Okay. So then he came over here. Here, let's talk in private, okay? I called you guys. Mm-hmm. I tried giving CPR. I, I, the problem is, is yeah. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. When did you do CPR? This morning. When I found Before it. Before you called? Yes! <laughs> One o'clock right now. I tried. I was awake, but I actually got out of the bed at like 12.30ish, whatever. So I came downstairs. And I was like, oh, he's in the suitcase still. And that's when I found him, and I took him out, okay. and I tried doing CPR, and then I called him, and then I called you guys. Did he get here before the fire department got here? Who? Your husband? Yes. Or your ex-husband? Yes. Okay. Where did he live at? Uh, right down the street. Okay. So you were playing, and who zipped him up in? I did, okay. but then I fell asleep. Okay, okay. You're okay. I don't, I wasn't here. I'm just trying to figure out what happened. But I fell asleep. So I don't know if he suffocated or, like, had an aneurysm or a heart attack or what. What kind of medical conditions did he have? None that I know of. Nothing that you know of. None that I know of. No. No. No All we had was a bottle of wine. Literally, just a bottle of wine. Okay. Doing puzzle artwork. Then we decided to play hide and seek. Mm-hmm. That's all that happened. Okay, okay. So I don't know if he had a heart attack or what in there. Like, I don't know what happened. So how long were you doing CPR on him prior to you calling 911? You tried that all morning? Yes. Okay. And then I called him while I was what doing CPR. What time did you start? Probably in your ballpark. Here, let me fill this deputy in, okay? Please, may I have my Dr. Pepper? I am on, so cut now right second. now. Ma'am, and you can't talk to him until we get down with this girl, okay? Just don't leave, okay, Brian? Thank you, ma'am.
Okay, I'll get some for you. So first thing, whenever she sees the officer, she says, I left a cigarette burning on the porch. I really need something to drink. Got my Dr. Pepper on the counter. She immediately asks for something to drink. Miss Cottonmouth here. <laughs> and then she, she says that they drank last night. They had a bottle of wine. They put a puzzle together. They decided to play hide and seek. And he got in the suitcase. And she fell asleep. She claimed that she was awake and got out of bed around 12.30 that next afternoon. And that's when she came downstairs and found him. She claimed that she fell asleep and doesn't know if he had a heart attack or a brain aneurysm or what it was. She acted like she just had no idea what happened to him. I mean, I don't know, maybe because you left him in a fucking suitcase? Mm, that'll do it. That... <laughs> I, I love, though, the, the details leading up to it, though, is, you know, we had a good time. We drank our wine. We everything was good. Together, everything was and good. She had mentioned something about doing art, I think. And she does later on. said something about they played hide-and-go-seek, and then he ends up in a suitcase, and then she goes to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, she says, please, ma'am, my Dr. Pepper, I am so cotton-mouthed. There's cotton mouth for you right there. <laughs> she even says she's cotton mouthed. I am so cotton mouthed. I am right so cotton mouthed. She is so thirsty. The cop asked her to sit down so she don't pass out. Her eyes get real big because there's so much going on. And then she says that she needs water. I will say that it's something about her. Her facial expressions are. You've got to watch the body cam. You can find it on the Law and Crime Network. We'll have that in our description. The cop leaves and starts talking to Brian, the ex-husband. And while she's talking to him, Sarah gets up again and asks for a drink. And the cop ended up being like, hey, Brian, you, you don't you don't happen to have a bottle of water in your car, do you? Of course he didn't. But, man, it, she's, she's persistent. She she's is very <laughs> persistent. She started drinking out of the spigot. She did. She is right over the bushes. There's a little water spigot there to, I guess, water the plants and mm -hmm. stuff. And she's she is seriously straddling this bush, leaned over, using her hand as a cup like the old times, and drinking water out of the spigot. Like, come on, man. I think during this time you can also hear on the video that the, the police lady says, or police woman says, um, you know... I'll try to get you a cup. Just yeah, hold on. Yeah, whenever she gets her to sit down, she says that she'll get her a cup. She then says again that that they had a bottle of wine. They put a pu puzzle together. They then decided to play hide and seek. He decided to get in the suitcase, and then she zipped him up, decided to let him squirm for a little bit, and then she went upstairs and fell asleep. Decided to let him squirm yes, for a little bit. This was said. By her. She was going to let him squirm for a little bit. So, you've had a second to kind of collect yourself. Tell it to me again. You guys were playing last night, drinking a bottle of wine, putting puzzles together, doing artwork. Doing puzzles, artwork. Okay. Had a bottle of wine and then decided to play hide and seek. Mm -hmm. So, he what time was that? Do you remember? I mean, I know that I was in bed probably by like what? 12.30? Okay. Well, so I went upstairs at least and I fell asleep. Okay. Forgetting that he was so in the suitcase. you guys were playing the hide and go seek. Yes. 
in, at some point you put him in the suitcase? No, he got in the suitcase. So okay. he thought it would be funny to be put in the suitcase. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to joke with you and I'll zip you up and make him, you know, squirm a little bit, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then I fell asleep. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep. Where was the suitcase? Right where it is. It. Right down there? Yes. You zipped him in there. Yes. Thought he would be funny, a little joke. It was. We both were laughing about it. Okay. And then I fell asleep. Where did you fall asleep at? Upstairs. In your bedroom? Yes. Okay. Totally forgetting that he was in the suitcase still. Okay. And then you came back downstairs. This morning or this afternoon? Yes, when I got up. Park, what time? Twelve thirty-ish. I was awake, but I totally forgot that he was in the suitcase. He can tell you there's a lot of things that I slash we have been going through. Jobs. Yeah, he did tell me. Life, all that stuff. good stuff. So I just totally so forgot. So you began to do CPR on him. Yes. Yes. About and what gurgled. time this morning like did you start doing that CPR? No, it was the afternoon. It was afternoon it was because afternoon. I was awake, but then I finally decided to come downstairs at like 1230-ish, whatever it is. And I was like, oh, I forgot he was in the suitcase and he wasn't moving. Nothing was happening. So I unzipped him, unzipped him, unzipped him, took him out and started doing CPR on him. Mm -hmm. He was on his way over here. I called you when he got here. Once he got here, you called him? Yes. Okay. And it, like air was coming out and he was gurgling, but... I could just tell by looking at him. But you knew how to do CPR, you were doing that on your own? Yes. Okay. And then right. the person that was on the phone with me also, I counted with him doing it. And he's got no medical, he doesn't take any medication? I don't know. Like, I don't know medical-wise. Like what, I know he doesn't take any medications whatsoever. Okay. Um, the only thing, like I said, I don't know if alcohol had something to do with it, but we had a bottle of wine. Okay, all right. Here's, I want you to sit back down, because I don't want Can you. Can I have one more sip of water, please? Yeah, go, go on. Denver, 29, residential, audible, 1303 Island Bay Drive. I'll do what I can to get you a cup because I don't want you to have to keep doing that. The cups are like right there. Okay. Right here. Don't talk to the ex-husband right now. Oh, I won't. Okay? I won't. Can I have a cigarette, please? Ma'am, I can't take anything out of the house. It's on the back porch. Nope. All of it. It's secure, okay? I'll try my best to get you what you need, okay? Maybe one of these deputies cut. has a, a pack from someone, so, you know, sit down and I'll try and get you what you need, okay? Just cut, please. Okay. She totally forgot he was in the suitcase until she came back downstairs that morning. She wakes up around 11, she says. She lays in bed for like an hour and a half, which means she must be ignoring Brian's calls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you said he called her at 10.30? Yes, 10.30, and then uh, he called her again at 11.25, 12.21, and then finally got a hold of her at 12.49. Even though she says she physically got out of bed at 12.30. Right. So she gets out of bed around 12.30. She goes downstairs. She realizes he's in, in the suitcase still. She thought maybe he was just quiet downstairs on the laptop or something and realizes, oh, he's in the suitcase. So she says that she pulled him out of the suitcase and began CPR. She says a couple times that she had already done CPR. She said it in the 911 call mm -hmm. that she had tried CPR. And then she said here that she had tried CPR that morning. And she actually makes it seem as though she tried CPR before calling Brian. Whenever she tells the cop that she did CPR, she exclaimed that he gurgled like she was surprised. Yeah, the look on her face when she said it on the body cam was very... It resembled something along the means of, I am scared, I have never seen this before, I am yes. terrified, like, shock. So did she do CPR 
in the morning when she found him? Would he have gurgled then? Would he have only gurgled that second time? I don't know enough about it to really say too much. I agree. But in my opinion, I feel like she probably would have heard that gurgle before had she done CPR earlier on. Unless she was doing it incorrectly. That's possible. Once she finally gets some water, she gets a bottle of water somehow. I'm not really sure. I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But she gets a bottle of water. So she ain't satisfied still. It's still not, (laughs) oh my god, my boyfriend's dead. It's, I'm thirsty. And now it's, can I have my cigarettes? They're on the porch. All the needs. All the needs. Your boyfriend's dead. But yet, you're over there just... But she's worried about her cotton mouth and getting some cigarettes, which, look, it's only going to make your cotton mouth worse. I was going to say that. (laughs) And then she's not worried about, oh my god, I can't believe he's dead. She's worried about, oh my god, we were playing hide and seek and I fell asleep. But I mean, I guess I also understand, you know, she needs her cigarettes to, you know, be her, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, vice. There we go. Yes. To help her get through and, you know, process kind of what's going on. But still, it you should at least be more empathetic about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the initial interview, you meet the detectives, Chelsea and Scott. They crack me up in the interrogation. You've got to watch it. They asked Sarah kind of what was happening. She explained they had a bottle of wine. She was play- They were playing hide and seek. They were doing a puzzle together. Then they were doing some artwork. And then that's when I guess they decided to play hide and seek. He decided to get into the suitcase. And she thought it would be funny to zip it up. And he was laughing about it too. And then she went upstairs and fell asleep. She's just freaking out, saying she don't know what happened. She pulled him out whenever she found him in the morning after she finally went downstairs and shit. She stretched him out. She started CPR. Then she called Brian. Then she called 911. This is her account of what happened. Hey, Sarah. Did you get enough water? No, if you want to stay seated, don't. I don't want you getting lightheaded. So remember I said the detectives were going to come out and talk to you and go from there. You know what I'm saying? They're here. They're going to ask you a few questions and then go from there, okay? okay. All right. All right, sir. My name is Chelsea. My partner, Scott. Um, to my understanding, you reside here? Yes. Okay. Is it just you? Um, and that, George. Okay. I um, have a 9-year-old. It's 50-50 with Brian, my former husband. Your former husband. Okay. Um, but you reside here with George, and then your son lives with you, or lives... There's 50-50. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, from what... Um, ...has told me, um, she explained um, last night that you guys were drinking a bottle of wine, um, and around midnight, um, you decided you guys... 12 yeah. Okay. You guys decided to play hide-and-seek... Well, we were playing hide and seek, and then <coughs> was your son home at the time, or no. okay? No, with my uh, with Ryan. Okay. Um, decided to play. It was just stupid like that. Like, sure. We were putting puzzles together, and we were doing artwork. You can see the puzzle that we finished in there, and then the artwork, and then decided to play hide and seek. Just being stupid. Okay. So he decided to get in the suitcase. So I thought it would be funny to, and he was laughing about it too, mm-hmm. to zip him up in there. Mm-hmm. I go upstairs and fell asleep. Okay. 
So this morning when I, or this afternoon when I actually got up out of the bed, I thought for sure he was downstairs on the laptop because he was being really quiet. But then I came downstairs and I'm like, where is he? Like, and then I, that's when I found him. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened. Okay. And then you weren't sure about if you woke up this morning? It was afternoon. I mean, I was awake. Or this afternoon. But I just didn't want to come downstairs. So okay. I just laid in the bed for a little while. And then I eventually came downstairs and was confused about where he was. And then I was like, oh my God, he's in the suitcase still. So I pulled him out and I stretched him out and I started to try to do CPR on him. Okay. I called you guys. Well, I told Brian. Okay. And then I, as soon as he got here, which is 30 seconds down the road, I called you guys. Okay. And the person on the phone had me do the depression with him and tell you guys shut up. Okay. And, um... Can, can I ask, is Brian, or <coughs> Brian, I'm sorry, George, was he diagnosed with any kind of medical history? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't take drugs. I mean, we'll have the occasional bottle of wine here and there, but I don't know. Like, that was going to be my next question. So I you don't guys don't know. normally drink? You just drink once in a while? or? Well, I'm going to say, like, Okay, I guess normal drinking is, like, we will have, like, a glass of wine or two, like, while we're cooking dinner or something here, and we'll play a, a board game with him, and we'll all skate from there. But, I mean, it's not, like... A couple of beers a day? Is well, but I don't... to the doctor or to the hospital during that time? Um, he had, he and his brother got into a really bad argument at one point. He had to have facial reconstruction, but he has been in the hospital from that. And then I talked him into going to see like a regular physician so he could get just like a regular like checkup thing, yeah. but there were no red flags. How long ago was that? The surgery or yeah, the doctor? Both. Case is still in there? I've, yep. Always. Okay. Is it normally stored down there? Did you guys travel recently? No, he was going to start picking some of right. the donations in there. So that's why, that's why it's out? Yes. Okay. You guys didn't recently travel somewhere or anything like that? After you zipped them up, did you move the bag around and mess with them <laughs> at all? Or you just zipped it up and walked away? I and both were laughing about it. I but I went upstairs and I fell asleep. Okay. But the, what position was he in when you put him, when he went in? Was he sitting on his rear end and his head up and he just kind no. of bent over? Okay, so like this is, this is the suitcase. 
He was laying on his side. Yes. Yes. He just closed the flap and zipped it around. Yes. Him. Okay. I believe we were playing. Understandably. Okay. So he said that I needed to tell you guys about his family. Like, who do I talk to about? That? We're gonna do that we'll, once we yeah, once we walk you'll through talk and to see. Me? Yeah, we're, we're gonna. Not going I'm, anywhere. We're gonna I'm be just here telling for a while. you, like, yeah, I, this is gonna be I'm a while. I'm afraid for my life. I want you to know that I am afraid that? for my life. His family have never liked me. I'm the blue-eyed white devil, is what they call me. So they've never liked me. They've never taken me in. They've never accepted me. I'll put it that way. Have you called any of them? Um, we talked to his daughters yesterday. No, I mean, like, about this. Does no. anyone know? Okay. That's so no I'm... one's going to know until we will be making that notification. So They're going to kill me. Okay, well... Do they live local? Yes. They're down the road. They're going to kill me. His kids are going to kill me in Philadelphia. They're going to kill me. This was not intentional. Okay. And they're not going to understand that. They're not going to accept it. We're going to do a thorough investigation and we will, we will take, we will definitely make sure that you don't feel scared when we leave here. Okay? When we leave. Well, he's at school. He's with your husband. I know. Well, ex-husband. Your husband said that, or your ex-husband said he made arrangements for your nine-year-old to be picked up. Oh, okay, mom. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're gonna go inside if that's okay. Yes, please. But can you guys just keep me posted? Of course. So I know what's going on. Yes, ma'am. Don't. All you have to do is get their attention if you if you have a question or you need to talk to us. He's standing right there. She'll be right here. Yeah. Okay, but will you guys tell me? Like, so you're telling me like you you won't call whoever it is without telling me, right? No. I mean, I have all their phone numbers. We're not calling. Them. We're not making phone calls. We're actually okay. gonna speak to them in person. Yeah. We That'll are. Be later They're on. going to. Okay. <laughs> It'll You'll be later. Prior to us making any I'm contact. not going to be here. Okay. They're going to kill me. Okay. We'll address all of that, yes. okay, before we leave. Okay? Yep. This was. Okay? Thank you. Just stay seated, okay, Sarah? I know you're panicking, okay? Just relax. We'll come and talk to you. We'll keep checking on you. She said that George doesn't do drugs and she doesn't know of any medical issues. He just drinks with her. She claims that they don't drink that often. Makes it seem like it's just a couple of beers every day or something after work or whatever. She's she's pretty adamant that she does not get drunk. She will not get drunk. She likes to keep her wits about her and that's very important. Okay. Because at this point... I would be saying, man, I was so fucking drunk, I passed the hell out. <laughs> so I don't remember anything. I know nothing. <laughs> I mean, it it looks a lot worse whenever you say, no, I'm, I was sober, and I went upstairs and fell asleep and left my boyfriend in the suitcase instead of, I was drunk and passed out. True. That is very true, because that's the kind of the, the image that she's trying to make it seem is that she just passed out. And that she didn't think about it because she was too incoherent to, you know, responsibly think about it. But still, she was very adamant to say, you know, that it was a mistake, that it was just innocent. They were playing hide-and-go-seek, no issue. You know, it's very hard to really get a clear picture because she's so bland about the details. She is. She is. She's she's more worried about, we're playing hide-and-go-seek, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep. That's it. 
So, Scott asked her if the detective Scott mm-hmm. asked her if she moved the bag around any after she zipped it up. And she said they were both laughing about it. No, she didn't move the bag around. He was laying on his side with the zipper towards the top. And that's how he was when she went upstairs and fell asleep. Then she tells him that his family considers her the white devil. The white devil. The white devil. And that George's kids are going to kill her and says they won't understand that it wasn't intentional. Then acts concerned about her kid Lucas and is worried that his and her safety is in jeopardy. What? So now she's flipping the script and she's going into this, Oh, woe is me. They're going to kill me because they're going to think I killed him on purpose. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like so, I killed him because I'm afraid that his family's going to kill me instead because I'm the white devil and... No, she's just worried that they're going to blame her. Oh, for his death because yes. they, they said that she was the white devil. Okay. I'm right, right. They, they just hate her because she's this white bitch with blonde hair or some shit. It says it later on, too. Oh, there it is, actually. Sarah asked why or how George died, and the detectives inform her that he has to have an autopsy done the next morning. And then she asked him why George was purple. Because she claims in the 911 call that he's purple. She says it several times. Yes, she does. Uh, Then she tells them, before they can really even say too much, I mean, they get cut off, really. She tells them that she's really scared and tries to convince them that it wasn't intentional. Here we go again. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. And then she says that she wants to see her son. She's jumping from topic to topic to topic. She knows she can't leave or anything. And then she starts asking when they will tell George's family about his death. She starts asking what they will tell his parents, the reason and such. And then says again, I am the blue-eyed white dragon. They don't want him with me. Claiming that he kept choosing her over them and they will blame her. So, regardless, she's great at playing the enemy. I mean, not the enemy, the victim. The victim, yes. And saying that his family is going to see her as the enemy. There we go. And that because of that, she's trying to say, I didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it. You're going to have to believe me because they're just going to tell you how evil I yes, am. Yes, yes. And like, don't believe anything they say. You need to trust me. We were just playing hide and seek and I fell asleep. I didn't mean to. I swear I was innocent. I swear, I swear. Yes. And they did ask her if there was anyone that she could stay with that night so she wouldn't have to be in the apartment Mm -hmm. after losing her boyfriend there. And I understand that. Yeah. 100%. For sure. She says that most of her family has passed away. She has a brother in the Marines that's stationed somewhere else. And she has another brother, but he's in jail. Okay. So she really doesn't have anyone but Brian to stay with. So I assume she probably stayed with him that night. So the next day, she comes in for the interrogation after his autopsy's performed. Chelsea, the detective, said that George had scratch marks on his back, contusions on his left shoulder, a cut near his lip, and Sarah automatically is just like, oh yeah, I, I know what the scratches on his back are from. Of course. Everyone's already immediately thinking, oh, probably sex. That's what she says it was. She says that the scratches were from sex, but the back of his neck had a scratch on it, and she had no idea where that came from. I'd have just been like, oh yeah, I reached up and grabbed his neck or something. (laughs) But okay. 
Okay. I was thinking the same thing. Sorry, I was too quiet because my face, I'm just like... Yeah, uh, you you did look really confused. (laughs) Um, That's when we actually could benefit from people seeing us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Another thing, the bruises, the contusions on his left shoulder and all the other stuff. She claimed that he runs into walls a lot and he fell off of her son's bike. What? So, that's... Where the cut on his lip came from. But the son is eight, nine, nine little. So the bike wouldn't be that high off the ground. I, I don't know. Cause... I've, I've done some pretty dumb shit and hurt myself pretty bad in simple ways. But even the detectives seem like they're not really believing Fine. this. I didn't. She then goes into uh, claiming that she's thoroughly confused because they were having a good day. They were having a glass of wine on the back porch, smoking a couple cigarettes. They went in, did a puzzle, and nobody got out of sorts. It was a good day. She's very adamant that it was a good day. I I don't understand what happened. It was a good day. She said that he had not touched her that night. She had not touched him that night. There was no fighting. It was a good day. I don't even know where this is coming from, she says. It's coming from the fact that you guys played hide-and-go-seek as she's trying to claim that the event occurred in... And she fell asleep because she forgot he was in the suitcase. So maybe you had a good day, but during the night... It obviously changed somewhere. I still, as I had said earlier, I don't understand how hide-and-go-seek leads to being stuck in a suitcase. Especially, as you had said, also, it's just the two of them playing. So, obviously, in order for him to get into the suitcase, she had to put him in there. Which defeats the purpose of hide-and-seek. Exactly. I just, I don't understand. I don't I don't, I don't understand either. And, I mean, she just... Chimes in out of nowhere with this whole, it was a good day, it was a good day. Uh, so Scott, the other detective, said, well, what's your definition of good? True, yeah. What is her definition of good? I was thinking, the way she was talking, like, it was a good day for them as a couple. Mm-hmm. But what she says is, I've been good, just like that. I've been good. I don't think you guys understand. He comes at me, claiming that he gets belligerently drunk, and then she mentions her phone, saying that she's actually documented the injuries she's gotten from George. She's, like, taking pictures and shit. I I see a common theme here going that regardless of what happens, the scenario obviously involves her and George, but she always has a way of making it about her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm the victim here. I'm the one that, you know, is in the wrong. You guys need to believe me because his family thinks that I'm the bad person here. And now it's, in terms of a good day, I had a good day. Exactly. was the problem. She went from talking about them having a good day to what's your definition of good? I've been good. I haven't done anything. He comes at me. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like... She's just going on these tangents just to try to build herself up, make him look bad, but not once have I seen her shed an actual tear or 
have any actual emotion about the fact that he's dead. Well, I mean, initially the day of when the police were there doing what they do in terms of documenting everything, all she could think about was how thirsty she was and that she had cotton mouth and needed something to drink. Exactly. And she was not remotely upset that he was dead. I mean, as we had said from the very beginning when we initially started the episode, she called and 911 answered the phone. The first thing that comes out of her mouth is, my boyfriend's dead, not yeah. help me. Yeah. You know, just clear as day, oh, he's dead, come get him. No, I mean, she sounded like she was trying to sound stressed or something to me, but she didn't really sound like she was really upset. Of course, people are different. I understand that. Has she had a psych eval done? I don't think she has. I don't know if she has. I would really like to know so I could... I'm just curious to She see. hasn't gone to trial yet. That's so true, yes. the trial starts November 7th. It's been pushed off quite a bit. Do you think that when the trial occurs that they may see what she was diagnosed with? I'm not sure. Can we make a note to look into that? Because I want to know. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be following this as it goes on. I want to see what else comes out. So you'll have to give me an update because I really, really want to know. Absolutely. So while she's talking to these detectives and talking about how she's been good and he comes at her, she then starts to brag about how she's bailed him out of jail three times. Um, bitch, ain't you the one that put him in jail three times? That's what I was going to say. This, the, most of the time... When... Actually, five to six. So majority of the time that he was in jail was because of incidences Domestic. Yes. Domestic violence incidents. Yes. And now she's bragging that she's bailed him out three times. Oh my god. God, come on, man. Come on, dude. What the fuck? Because it makes her look good. It does. She's Robin Hood. She's the one that's saving the day, and I'm the one that got him out, even though he is the one who hurt me. I still am... I'm better ...gracious enough to help him out. Yeah. Uh, Very narcissistic. Not only does she brag about bailing him out of jail, but she also brags about how she was helping him and had hope in him, and he starts to drink when he's getting a overwhelmed, which she doesn't want to drink. She doesn't want, she likes to keep her wits about her. She does not want to drink. Claiming she would go ride a bike or read a book upstairs or something. She claims that she got the puzzles and the paint to help him clear his mind so he wouldn't have a drink. And then she mentions her phone again, mentioning all the damage that he's done to her and the videos of him smashing her TV while he was drunk. She then says, I can't get drunk, number one. I do not want to get drunk. I don't like not having my wits about myself. I don't like feeling out of control. This is very important. She doesn't like getting drunk, but yet she told the police that she had gotten drunk the night before. No, she never said she got drunk. Oh, She said that they had a glass of wine, and then at another point she said they had a bottle of wine. But it was only one bottle between the two of them. So half and half, maybe? Maybe. But it's very important to remember, she does not like to feel out of control. She likes to have her wits about her. So, I actually want y'all to hear how she acts about this. I'm gonna gonna play that for you. Sunday? Why? thoroughly confused because we had a good time Mm -hmm. sitting on the back porch having wine and smoking a couple of cigarettes and then decided to go inside and literally paint, do puzzles, and play Mm -hmm. and listen to music. That's why nobody got out of sorts. This is what's mind-blowing to me. Like, I don't, I have no clue. Nobody laid a hand on anybody. 
we had a good day. Mm -hmm. It was a good day. We've had good days lately, mm -hmm. even considering everything that's going on with our jobs and life in general and ex-wives and everything. It's been good. Like, I don't even know where this is coming from. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. The last physical was probably, you said, I think, what, a month ago? Maybe. Where you got the injury? Right? You said that was a, month a few weeks, give or take, yeah. A few weeks. That was the last, like, physical altercation between the two of you? Um, yeah, you said a month ago you hit you with a curtain rod. Yeah, with a curtain rod. That's why I can't believe you guys didn't take that either. <coughs> well. Like, we've been good. I don't know if, like, it's since the last time he got out of jail. Like, we've been good, and he's been having his classes mm -hmm. and his, seeing his probation officer, who's amazing. So... What do you mean by good? What's your definition of good? The probation officer? No, no. You said you guys have been good. What's your definition I've of been good? good. I don't yeah. think you all understand. He comes at me all the time. He comes at me. So it's either I flee or try to go upstairs and go to sleep. That's usually what it is. And I don't know if you talk to Brian about any of that, but most of the time when I flee, I go over there. So... Right, but you're saying that you guys have been good, and when I asked you yesterday, there hasn't the last incident that you could remember was the curtain rod incident, which you said was a month ago. So give or take. Right. So what do you mean by he comes after you? Like he gets belligerently drunk. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if you all have looked through my phone yet and seen any of the pictures and the videos that I have taken. Mm -hmm. And the at one point, I started documenting everything. Okay. So you all will see in my pictures, bloody fingers, split foreheads, he split my nose. I've got this. Right. I don't know if Brian told you about it, where I had to have almost what? I had one really bad surgery, but then it got really, 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 really bad, where I had to go like four or five more times afterwards for them to tend to it, mm -hmm. from him poking me in the back of the leg. Right. So it's... Then why are you still with him? Everybody asks me that. When I tell you guys this... I really love him, like I do, and I feel like I can help him, like I feel like I could help him, which I did, because he's come a really, he came a really long way from where he was in Philadelphia to moving back to here and to dealing with everything else that he's been dealing with. Mm -hmm. I've really helped him. I've bailed him out of jail, what, three times. I've gone to every single hearing and every single arraignment, everything that I did for him gone to see all his public defenders, go to the state, I've gone to the state. I, I did everything for him because I'm trying to help him because I have a, I had hope in him. And he was trying. He was really trying. Just, and then he starts to think about things and it just, I think he gets overwhelmed and then it's like, the next thing I know, he's drinking. So it's like, oh man, I know where this is going to go, so I'm going to go upstairs and read a book. Or I'm going to go for a bike ride or I'm going to do something else. Or I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink. The occasional wine, whatever, or if it's a weekend, that's when you, you have a good time. You don't have to wake up the next day. I have to wake up the next day and do things. I have to tend to Lucas. I have to take him to school. I have all this stuff to do. He doesn't know how to, I guess, maintain himself where I can do 50 things at once and still know the 50 things more previously, prior than I need to get done. He can't process like that. He didn't process like that. So it, he would literally, not literally, but had smoke coming out of his ears. So the next thing you know, he doesn't want to deal with it. I'm going to go get something to drink. 
So the majority of the time, I would hang out outside or do something else because I don't want to drink. Well, yesterday it made it sound like you guys were just drinking like a glass or two. Like, yeah, you obviously had the bottle, but you, I mean, you told me on the, yeah, but you told me on recording, like, that you were not drunk, he was not drunk, you guys were having a good time. I don't get, I can't get drunk. Number one, I do not want to get drunk. I don't like being non complimentous having my wits about myself. I don't like feeling out of control. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying, you're you're making it sound like, like he's a raging alcoholic today, and yesterday I was kind of asking you those questions, and you're like, a little defensive, like, no, we're not alcoholics. He, I'm not. We are not, you know. But you guys were both sober on Sunday, to your knowledge, because when I said you went and passed out, you were like, no, I didn't pass out, I just fell asleep. So now it's kind of like, what is it? Is it? Were you guys drinking and it got out of hand? And no. It got physical? No. Or is it? Sunday was one of the better <coughs> days that we have had in quite some time. He's dancing with my dog. You can see that, too, on the pictures, him loving the dog. He loves the dog and dancing around, having a good time. and just. So, again, she's very adamant. I was not drunk with him. She don't know when, you know, she knows when it's like, okay, man, slow down. It's starting to catch up with you. And then she goes off on a tangent about him listening to music. And then they did a puzzle together and painted again. She keeps repeating what happened. She goes to explain that she's been trying to help him communicate and help him unburden himself. And it was such a good day. Even the weather was beautiful outside. She brags about how she helped him and took care of him. And then talks about how she misses him and couldn't sleep last night and starts crying. Claiming she's still trying to help him. I don't feel like she was really crying, though. You know, listening to her talk, is that the way to put it, I guess? Or, yeah, I mean, tell her story. There we go. Yeah. Um, the moments that she would talk when she was upset, she would obviously make her voice sound strained and would change it up and then... Within two seconds, it would just boop. Right back to what it was. Yeah, so the detectives would go back to asking her a question and then she'd go right back to talking normal. No quiver in her voice or anything. Nothing. I and I liked how she just kept talking and kept talking and kept talking like she was trying to fill gaps. And it was just kind of like, what's the point in you talking so much? The detectives couldn't even get a word in edgewise because she kept trying to interrupt and make it a point to exclaim why it was such a good day. It was such a good day. She's such a good person. She keeps keeps trying to help him. Even the probate, his probation officer, George's probation officer, has contacted her on her cell phone and talked to her for 42 minutes and talked about how great everything was and how good she's doing with him. She made it a point to prove that it was 42 minutes yes. that the probation officer talked to her and talked about how thankful the probation officer is for having, having Sarah her in his life. Yes, as a helper. So she, she is trying to build herself up up. And I feel like she just keeps repeating this stuff so she thinks she can get out of trouble. Makes sense, yeah. Because she's just trying to continue to add information to validate why she did what she did in order to prove that it was a mistake. That she really wasn't this bad person. It wasn't that intentional. Yes, that it wasn't intentional. Yes, that it was a mistake. Sorry, yes. 
Uh, I've seen a lot of interrogations, and I've seen a lot of interrogations where they go over it, like dubbed over, kind mm-hmm. of explaining it. That they'll pause the video and explain some psychology behind it, or detective tactics, or whatever. And this this is one of the things that I've noticed is her continuously talking, talking so much, getting so adamant about she wasn't drunk, she's a good person, she made straight A's in school, all of this stuff. It seems like it's all just to make sure that she don't get in trouble to cover up her shit that she fucked up. Yeah, because she supposedly was such a good person prior to this happening. She's never gotten into any trouble before. It's almost like she's trying to convince herself. Yes, it was all him. He was the bad person. He was the one who went to jail and was on probation and was doing all these things. And she was always the good person. She had straight A's. She was so good. And it's not her fault. Nothing is her fault. No. Uh, she mentions her phone again, and or maybe her laptop. She said something about previously looking up how to file a restraining order. But she did mention her phone when she said this. She doesn't know if she looked it up on her phone or laptop. She wasn't sure, but just keep in mind, she keeps mentioning her phone. Okay. Then she goes on a tangent about how she wanted space from him. He spent every waking moment with her. Then she started talking negative about George's ex-wife, talking about how she always wants money. You know, give me money, give me money, give me money. Well, aren't you living off your (laughs) ex-husband? Pot meat kettle, this is, you know. (laughs) Yeah, like, it, it don't work like that. And then she, again, mentions that they can see proof on her phone of this. So here she goes talking about her phone again. She is asked if she has ever zipped him up in a suitcase before, and she acts shocked, and she says no. Uh, Later, she's asked if she's ever put her son in a suitcase and said absolutely not. Again, claiming they were running out of places to play hide-and-seek or whatever is why he picked the suitcase. But she acted like there's no way, not even playing around, she would put her son in there. So if you ain't gonna put your son in there, why you gonna put your boyfriend in there? You do make a valid point. And even though she's trying to make it seem like it was his idea, there's a remote chance of something going bad, such as what happened now. I wouldn't even say, yeah, go ahead and go on. Let's do that. You know, give it a try. Well, no, either way, even if she, if he wanted to hide in the suitcase and whatever, and he got stuck, how in the hell are you gonna go upstairs and fall asleep? True. Yeah, because if you know he's in there... You're not you... gonna just go upstairs and fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. There's... I'm having a hard time trying to be convinced that this is not either premeditated or... I've definitely got some thoughts on that. Like, oh, we're gonna have a good day and then I'm gonna trick him into getting into the suitcase and I'm gonna kill him that way. I mean, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I am not in her head. I'm glad I'm not. Thankfully. Yeah, we can't we can't wrap our head around this for a reason. It's just I mean, I know she's always complaining, saying or yeah, well, sorry, she goes from saying how great they are together to then complaining, saying that they're together too much and she needs a break and does all the things and And she's good to him, but he's he's a worthless person to, to her. Yeah. And so it's all about how good of a person she is. And I know we sound like we're repeating ourselves, but it's more or less because she's repeating herself so we're having to keep reflecting back on these certain things but it's to just kind of drill in the point of how much in denial that she's in and how important it is for her to validate herself validate us as listeners people listening to her story so we're more likely to be on her side because she's able to manipulate and persuade people before so it's easier for her to do that now 
Absolutely. So, she's mentioned her phone several times by now, right? She's asked by one of the detectives if she remembers making any photos or videos on her phone on Sunday. She's kind of asked to make sure that no one else can get on her phone. And she's like, oh no, no one gets on my phone but George. And he can't do it without me around because I got a face lock on it. He doesn't know the password, whatever. So, she just told them that no one else can get on her phone. So, anything on this phone was from her. Yeah. She only remembers maybe taking a picture of George and the dog dancing on Sunday. No videos were made Sunday, according to her. No videos were mentioned, if you may. Yeah, well, she said that the only thing that was on there was maybe a picture from Sunday. And that's where she, yeah, that's where she talked about the dog and said that how well he was doing yeah. and how much he loved the dog. So and they were dancing around they were having, and shit. And that's when she went on the tangent about his music, right? Yes. So that, yes. I forgot how she phrased his music. It, it was made her fractured. Fractured. Yeah. I was like, yes. what is that? It was rough around the edges. Rough around the edges. Yes. Basically, again, she's trying to make excuses for the actions and events that occur the following hours or during that time frame yeah but led up to it again she's more or less just trying to convince herself i feel like that that she you know because if she's convinced then everybody else will be convinced yes so then chelsea pulls up a video on the laptop that she said she found on the phone that was taken sunday night at 11 12 sarah doesn't remember this 11 12 p.m 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 sorry 11, 12 p.m. So that that night, Sarah claims she doesn't remember making any videos. She looks shocked that there's a video. So a couple seconds into the video, the battery starts to die. And you can tell she's just like, oh, oh, battery's dying. Oh, like, saved by the bell. Yeah, because when they set the computer down to show... it's just going to go away? (laughs) When they set the computer down to show it to her, she's all distraught of like, oh, what is this? I didn't know anything about this. And then, you know, like you said, the second that you you can see the little notification pop up, and she's quick to say, your battery's dying. It's at 10%. Yeah, like... (laughs) It The video's still going to be there whenever it gets charged up. So, of course, the detectives are smart enough that uh, Chelsea just goes out and grabs a cord and plugs it up. Everything's good. So, while Chelsea's going to get the charger so she can plug up the laptop, she starts talking about how she excels at everything, and she wouldn't completely zip the suitcase up on someone, and wasn't planning on going upstairs and going to sleep. And then she just she's like, oh, you guys are scaring me. Like, out of the blue, she's just like, you guys are scaring me. Is this when Chelsea walks back into the room, yes. isn't it? Yeah, and she starts to, open, you know, pull the file back up on the laptop so she could play that video. So whenever she claims that they're scaring her, Chelsea's like, well, we're just trying to show you the video that was on your phone. Don't you want to know what it is? And Sarah's like, yes, ma'am. Like, she really wants to know what's on it because she, I don't think she knows about this video. Because the next question she asked was, is it long? Because I don't know how much I can take. No idea that this video is on her phone. She is asking questions about it, trying to figure out, like, how long it is, uh, how bad she fucked up, and what she doesn't remember. So she's, she's sitting there trying to kind of buy time, I feel like, trying to figure this out to explain it, but... She's fucked because she has no idea. she legitimately doesn't remember doing no, this, does she? No, no. So now it's extremely disturbing. I'm sorry. But I want to play the audio of the video she took of him in the suitcase. The one that the detective shared with her. 
terror. For everything you've done to me. Terror. For everything you've done to me. Terror. Fuck you. Terror. <laughs> Fuck you. Terror. <laughs> Stupid. Terror. That's my name. Don't wear it up. I can't fucking breathe, babe. Seriously. Yeah, that's when you do when you choke me. Terror. 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 Tara, I can't breathe, babe. That's on you. Tara, I can't breathe. <laughs> That's on you. Tara. Reel around some. Might want to get a video for it extra. Because <laughs> I got this. Tara. Reel around Tara. I can't breathe, babe. Oh. That's what Sarah. I feel like when you chewing on me. Sarah. I Fuck can't you. Fucking breathe, Sarah. Yeah. You should probably shut the fuck up. Sarah. So to me, in this video, it's pretty clear that they're not having a good day. No. No. Th that video is really disturbing to me. That was actually, I think, how you initiated to tell me about this case. You were like, you have to watch this video. And that's the first thing I... It, it might have been. ...saw or heard. And I couldn't figure out why he was in the suitcase, what was going on, why he was yelling for her. And the more I watched it, the more disturbed I got in terms of him basically begging her to let him out of the suitcase. And she's just like, this is what you get for being such an awful person to me. And, you know, it's that's how I feel when you choke me. That's how I feel when you cheat on me. Like what? I, and the fact that she fucked herself by videotaping this. Yes, and doesn't, even, and doesn't even know. So, in my opinion, she was probably fucking hammered and has no idea that she did this. Yeah, I agree. But she likes to keep her wits about herself. She don't get drunk. She can't get drunk. Remember? Maybe that's why she doesn't get drunk. Well, right. she, she probably does. <laughs> doesn't need to ever touch alcohol. Plus, her ex-husband has said that's why they divorced, because she drinks every day. And she gets she gets drunk. And she gets violent when she gets drunk. And uh, maybe she's aware of that, which is why she tries to say, I don't drink. I don't need to drink. I can't drink. Because, because I'm a good person. I don't do all the fucked up shit. So then she was told that there was a second video 11 minutes later after the first video. In that video, George is flipped over in the suitcase to where the top of it is facing up. So she told the detectives yesterday that she didn't move that suitcase. Mm -hmm. But now she's admitting she had flipped it somehow to get it upside down. Mm -hmm. And then she admitted to flipping it again to get it right side up. 
So now, it went from I didn't do it to I flipped it twice. So when it was flipped right side up, does she explain why she didn't let him out? Or is this whenever she says, well, that's because I decided to go to sleep? Well, she says that he could actually get two fingers through the suitcase, or she left a finger gap That's in right. It. I heard the, something about a two-finger gap to where and she said should... she just used one finger to do it. Well, that's on the outside of the suitcase. I mean, some zippers you cannot get to on the inside. Some of them you can, but some of them you can't. And I'm thinking two fingers, like, the only thing that he could really do is try to, like, move his hand... Yeah, to try to, to, try to the... scoot it down and get a bigger hole for him to try to get out of. But it seems like but... by that time, he was probably already incoherent or probably passed out. Probably. By then. And... I mean, you gotta think, he was drinking, and then he gets in this small space, and he's contorted. Because yeah. he's having to... He's putting a lot of pressure on his body. Yeah. He can't get a full breath. I didn't think about that, too. He's a grown man stuffed into... And it's not a big suitcase, either. That no, he's not really. shoved in. And a grown man shoved in... Do you know how tall he was? I do not. I could probably look that up. Because that's just something I'm curious of, like, how tall he was in terms of, like, the ratio between him versus I'll, the suitcase. Does I'll tell you sense? what. I will, uh... I will put pictures up of them, obviously, on social media. Most people use a picture of his mugshot. I'm not going to do that to him. I actually found a couple pictures of him where he's in normal clothes and doesn't look like some kind of criminal. Yeah, because I know whenever I first saw pictures of him, you know, I saw I saw was his mugshot was her mugshot compared to his mugshot. And I was thinking, because I think I asked you, I said, who is this guy and how does he pertain to the yeah. case? And then you're like, that's the victim. And I said, they have a picture picture of the victim with a mugshot? Yeah, it's just kind of fucked up. So I, I'm going to put a picture of him on there. It's actually decent. And I'll try to find his height and I'll post it on there with it okay so after this video and after she says she flips the suitcase but it wasn't her plan to go upstairs and go to sleep intentionally she is very adamant about that still uh she says i don't know what you want me to tell you she's completely caught off guard with this video she doesn't know how to get out of it all she can do is repeat that it wasn't malicious (laughs) and it wasn't intentional for her to fall asleep Even the detectives are like, it wasn't malicious whenever he said he can't breathe, and you said, fuck you? Yeah. Like, you, that is definitely malicious. Yeah, because he's begging for her to let him out, and he keeps saying his, her name, and he keeps saying, I can't breathe, and then that's when she starts the whole thing about, you know, fuck you, you know, you did this to me, and you made me feel that way, and... And then she starts (sighs) talking about how, oh, we were laughing and joking about it before this video, and after this video... It didn't sound like he was laughing and joking at all. He sounded terrified. He did. He sounded like he was scared for his life. So, obviously, the detectives mentioned that they don't see any laughter. They don't see any fun and games in it. But, hey, you know, she keeps trying to say it. You remember Brian got that drunk call that night? Mm -hmm. The night this happened? Mm Mm-hmm. I actually went through, because I was curious myself, and I checked the times on the videos she recorded Mm -hmm. and the time she called him. The first video was recorded at 11.12 p.m. The second video was recorded at 11.25 p.m., I believe. And she called Brian at 11.47 p.m. So all of this happened within about 30 minutes. What was she doing in between the first video, second video, and the phone call to Brian? 
I assume taunting him. So you think she probably cut the video off and was still I, I mean, doing I'm sure. Things? I know she she said she went upstairs and fell asleep, but I don't I don't know if she was downstairs with George whenever she called Brian or if she was already upstairs. She said she went to bed around 12:30 that night, I believe. Okay. So yeah. So even though after she made the phone call to Brian, she was still up for a few minutes and she went to bed at least, 12:30. At least. That's still plenty of time to go downstairs and, I don't know, let your boyfriend out of uh, a suitcase suitcase. before he dies? Yeah, that would probably be a good idea. So, she's asked again if if she remembered making the video, and she said no. And when asked why she didn't remember making it, she replied, probably because I had been drinking. Even though she just said... She likes to I wasn't drinking, I wasn't drunk, I don't know anything. So, Chelsea says, but you weren't drunk. She said no. And then the other detective chimes in like, hey, you said you like to have your wits about you. I don't understand how you can make a video and not remember if you weren't intoxicated. I don't understand that part either. I don't either. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been drunk many times. Well, not many times, but I, when I was younger, I'd gotten drunk many times and I don't remember some of the stuff I did, but I have never not remembered stuff I did sober. Yeah, I agree. Or even slightly drinking. I I could have a bottle of wine and I would remember Still making remember. a video. Yeah, I agree. So she had to have been plastered because this video is the most incriminating thing she could have had. And the fact that she doesn't remember it is, I think, She doesn't remember. Me. And then she tries to say that she didn't plan to leave him in the suitcase and she didn't plan to go to sleep. It wasn't her fault. She just fell asleep. But see, that's the thing. She at least owns up to the fact that she at least assisted him in getting in the suitcase. Yeah, she was very, very clear about she did help him. So she but it was his she, idea. But she still played a part in it. She admitted to it. But then she doesn't remember the fact that she videotaped herself and incriminated no. herself, refusing to let him out. No. She claims that she thought that he would just come upstairs after he got out. and Because of the two-finger. You know, yeah, because supposedly... He could just find a way out of it with scooting the zipper down. But supposedly after about 30 minutes, she fell asleep. So if that goes along with the phone call to Brian, that puts it at about 12.15-ish, 12.20, which is about, or, yeah, it's about it's what she said. To about 12.30. Yeah. So she just continues running around in circles and saying she had been drinking but wasn't drunk. She didn't go to sleep intentionally. She's claiming that George could stick his fingers out of the suitcase. Although... They point out there was no evidence seen in the videos, and there was no laughing during the time she was recording. So, even though she claims that he could stick his fingers out, and they were laughing about this whole situation. Supposedly laughing about Supposedly. It. They said, look, there's, there's no evidence of it being funny, fun and games, y'all laughing together. There's no evidence of his fingers sticking out. I don't see it. I think if he had an option to get out, he would have gotten out. And then if she wasn't attempting to keep him inside the suitcase, why the hell did she flip it in the first place? Yeah. Why did you move it to where the opening was on the bottom where all his body weight was? And so it makes me wonder if for that to happen, for him not to be able to get out, if maybe he was on his back. You get what I'm saying? Like maybe yeah. he was stuck like 
you know, of course, everybody else can't see me, but, you know, stuck in like a fetal position, but, you know, with his arms crossed to this point, because I mean, that's the only way I can think about it. It's like, he may be like, it's hard to get into it. I mean, I've sat there and tried to figure it out myself, and fetal position is about the only way I could figure it out. But, I mean, you can see in the video kind of how he's moving. Yeah. It kind of looks like his head or his shoulder Mm -hmm. is kind of hitting the top of it. And so he, of course, that's why I said I think he's on his back whenever she flipped him and he can't get out that way. And that's why he's saying, Sarah, let me out. I can't breathe. It's very possible. all the pressure is, you know, facing on him. It's very possible. And he can't get out. And there's no telling how long he was in the suitcase at this time. Now, according to the police reports, I believe, or the autopsy, I'm not sure, it does say that he was in the suitcase for 11 hours. 11 hours? 11 hours. That's a long-ass time. Yeah, there's no denying that you're gonna run out of oxygen. 11 hours. 11 hours. I'm in shock. I just, that's why I'm like, well... <laughs> and this bitch didn't mean to fall asleep. I don't believe her. I just, I, I don't believe her. So that that is her side of the story. Obviously, she got arrested... That's pretty much it. It kind of goes backwards, starting with Brian. Uh, he He's the one that really gives you the most information. I figured this was the best way to tell it, though, so you could really get the shock value that I got. So this happened back in February of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. It's currently November of 2022. Mm-hmm. Why the hell has nothing been done? I'm sure COVID, well, you I'm know. I'm sure COVID has a lot to do with it. But she hasn't had any kind of trial or anything. Part of it is because she can't keep a damn attorney. (laughs) Why is that? She's gone through six attorneys. Six attorneys. Six attorneys, and she hasn't even gone to trial. She just had her pre-trial, I believe. I was going to say, why has she had a a (laughs) pre-trial? We are recording this before November 7th. I think it will be released after November 7th. Yes. But this is pre-trial for us right now. The six attorneys that she's gone through, well, she's on her six now. Uh, she, it was very difficult to find this information, but I believe this to be accurate. The first one withdrew because of conflicting interest. It doesn't specify, just conflicting interest. Okay, so we don't know if it's with her or if it's with the victim? No. Okay. No idea. The second attorney she got had represented George before, so she couldn't have him. So another conflict of interest in a way. The third one had represented one of the witnesses before. Okay. That sounds like a very another conflict of interest. Okay. The fourth one had conflict of interest. I'm so confused. Why is this a small town? Why is there so many conflict of interest? This is right outside of Orlando, Florida. I'm so confused, and why is there so many... That makes no sense. Why? I would assume these are probably all court-appointed attorneys. Okay. And they probably have... There's only a small amount of them, then they can only do so much. That makes sense. I understand that. Yeah, and, I mean, it looks like she's got a lot of shit on her plate with the law. she did come from a lot of, yeah, criminal encounters. So, I mean, I I can kind of see that. So, the fifth one, she complained about her attorney constantly ignoring her phone calls. So, the one that wasn't conflict of interest, she complained and said that he wasn't good enough because he wouldn't answer her phone calls. Yes. But I'm sure she called probably every hour, on the hour, every day. She definitely called every day. I, I don't know how many times, but I'm sure she called <laughs> Probably within day. her allotted amount of times to call, because, I mean, what else are you going to do? Sit in a jail with nothing else? Oh, yeah. So, let's just call my attorney. 
Well, this this is kind of a little insight into how she's thinking. Because she actually wrote a letter to her sixth attorney, which is Frank Benkowitz. I am very sorry for you, sir. Good luck. <laughs> I wish the best for you. In the letter, she says... And I quote, In regards to not hearing from you and becoming very concerned after receiving no response to my daily calls or from the letters I've sent. Then she goes on to mention having only two 15-minute video interactions and a 90-minute in-person visit within the past three months. 12 weeks, 84 days. <laughs> that is a quote from her. <laughs> she broke it down. She has nothing else to do. She has nothing else to do. She goes on to tell him that he's going to be reimbursed for the calls and all he's got to do is submit his cost. Like, who's do you not think that he knows that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, look, I understand you think you're super smart. You went to school and got straight A's and all this shit. But look, he's a lawyer. She tries to act like she knows everything. I I think he would know. I love it. You'll get reimbursed for all your calls. You just got to submit the cost. Like, what are you, HR? I I think I would have to withdraw from being her attorney for feeling so belittled by her being micromanaged yeah it's like it's ridiculous i haven't heard from you in three months 12 weeks and 84 days <laughs> then she goes on to say or to ask how much longer is she really going to be in there added to the 32 months she has already been in there woman we haven't even had to trial how the hell am i supposed what? to tell you anything the fu- you killed your boyfriend allegedly i was gonna say she didn't kill him well, Remember? you you went upstairs and fell asleep. You went, you did, yes, yes. Okay, look, I don't give a fuck. You unzip that suitcase before you go upstairs and go to sleep. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> and she also mentions missing her son's birthdays and spending her own in there. Boo-hoo. And that she just wants to get on with her life. Oh, I'm, you want to get on with your life, but yet your boyfriend, who will never, ever, ever get a chance to experience his birthday or his family's he birthday. He's got three or, kids. And I was going to say, he has children, too. Yeah, so his children's birthdays. Who gives a fuck about you? You're the one that set this up. Nobody. Thank you. Look, I don't care. You should have said I was drunk out of my fucking mind and I passed out. That would have been your best bet. But I'm glad that she didn't because I'm that's glad why she we're didn't able to too. talk. Because somebody was I hope to, she gets life. So, I mean, we'll, we will see. Uh, we'll see, but... I hope she at least gets something and not some bullshit, you know, slap on the wrist. But yeah. I think with the evidence that she has provided against herself, she has more or less kind of put the final nail in the coffin for her. And so there's going to be quite a few more birthdays of her own and birthdays of her son that she's going to miss that Ugh. are spent in... Jail. I guess we can only hope, because, I mean, that's around the area Casey Anthony was, too. Oh, you, do make <laughs> so, a, you do make a very, very valid point. I hope that this works out correctly. Uh, she actually ends the letter to him saying that she is so blessed that he's her attorney. And <laughs> praying that the sixth time is a charm. Please <laughs> respond. I await your response. Are you fucking serious? Like, you just... <laughs> The, not the third time, the sixth time. The sixth time is the charm. the charm. And I am very thankful for you, even though you haven't heard from, or I have not heard from you yeah, in the I, past three months. I've only had eight, two 15 days. minute video interactions and a 90 minute in person visit. That's it. 
That's all I've had. But I am so thankful. And I cannot. I'm blessed. I am. I await your response. I have such it. a great day. Like I had such a great day the day that my boyfriend it died. It was. The weather was beautiful. With love, Sarah. <laughs> so that is the story of Sarah Cottonmouth Boone. And I hope that you guys like the name Cottonmouth because I really want to see that catch on. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> she deserves to have a shit name. Cottonmouth and hashtag three months, 12 weeks, and 84 days. <laughs> <laughs> she has nothing better to do. And she She's probably already pissed off everyone that she's been in the jail with uh, yeah. talking so much. Yeah. Surprised she hadn't got hurt. Honestly. But I will be putting the pictures of them up. I encourage you, if you are curious, to check out the videos. The only one that is extremely disturbing would be the actual videos of him in the suitcase. There are two of them. That one is a lot. I've probably watched them about a hundred times trying to figure out every single word. It still, even after that many times, it still gives me chills. I hate it for him. It this this case really pulls at me for some reason. Yeah, I mean because it's like you're watching him, you know what's happening and you know that there's not shit you can do about you're it. You're watching his last moments. And you're yes, and you're and his last moments is him being told that he's not shit. Yeah. And I'm not being saying told, fuck you. I mean he may have some problems. I mean Look, all of us do. Everybody's but got problems. Some worse than others. That. I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't deserve to die, especially like that. It's, it's ridiculous. But I will be putting that, uh, putting links up to the videos that I found on YouTube. If you don't want to watch the suitcase video, I encourage you to watch the body cam. It will absolutely crack you up, I promise. Watch the body <laughs> cam video. Yes. Also, the interrogation is about two hours long. It's also a good video to watch. It's very informative. It's hilarious to watch her squirm and try to figure things out. You should see her facial expressions. Even though you say that, remember, that's one of the things that she said or why she put him in the suitcase. She wanted to see him squirm. That's right. She did say in the suitcase she left him in there so he could squirm for a little bit. Even though she doesn't remember doing it. Yeah. But uh, you should definitely check those out. Fair warning, though. They do show the suitcase video in the interrogation video. Mm -hmm. So during that time, if it bothers you, you may want to just skip ahead. You will know, though, because the laptop will be open. Mm -hmm. And they say... They they talk about it. Yeah, they say, hey, we're about to watch this video. Well, this this episode ended up being about twice as long as normal. (laughs) You get a two for one. You get a you get a little taste of what happens whenever I start falling down a rabbit hole. Yes, this is a perfect introduction to a rabbit hole um, episode because this is kind of the original OG first ever rabbit hole (laughs) episode. And I actually fucked up in the beginning. I think I got their birthdays backwards. Oh, okay. It's still kind of fitting. They're both kind of the same person. They're just extremely toxic for each other. Sarah Boone was born 10-10-77 and George Torres was born 2-13-78. I'm sorry about oh, so that. Also, she was the Libra. She was the Libra. He was the Aquarius. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. However, like I said, they were both pretty toxic. So that makes so much sense now why she wanted to be the perfectionist. She wanted to say that she was such a good person because she's trying to find that equal balance of, yeah, I fucked up. Yes, I did this thing. But don't forget that I made straight A's in school. I was a great person. That's one I did all blemish. That is one blemish on my record of achievements. Just overlook that blemish. That's all she wants. Q I roll, but okay. that that is not a blemish. Okay, look, if you killed somebody, that is not a blemish. Especially whenever they're asking and begging for your help, and you say "fuck you," and then you fall asleep. Man, you should have gone with I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, you didn't. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Is there anything else you've got, Courtney? No, I'm just curious to see what's gonna happen. I am too. Y'all be sure to get engaged in this, watch the trial, see what's up. And reach out to us if you have any ideas, thoughts, opinions, you know, kind of like what you think about it. Because, of course, this is an ongoing case, so your opinions kind of matter in a way just to help kind of advocate. Because if you guys like this too, we can actually actually look into doing similar cases, you know. Oh, absolutely. Kind of, I love know, this one. Doing stuff like this. So if you guys like this, be sure to let us know and we'll your uh responses will be heard. Absolutely. We well, will probably read. Read. <laughs> yes, yes. Your your responses will be read and thought about and we will try to accommodate it however we can. Absolutely. So until next Wednesday, I guess I'll see you later. Bye guys. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pilant, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us, and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us, and don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, What the fuck?